it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not visiting East Palestine, Ohio today. Check this one out. Donald Trump on his way to offer locals the show of support they have not gotten from the Biden administration. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. We're going to discuss it with Florida Representative Greg Stubbe and former acting ICE director Tom Holman is here to discuss a revolt at the nation's oldest military college over what they're calling woke recruiting initiatives. Everything woke turns to A lot of people feel that way. 888-788- 9910, the phone number if you want to be a part of this show that functions every day with one rule. You can be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody. I just got off the TV with Harris Faulkner, and, of course, she loved my appearance. That is offensive, and it is not true. Stop it. We had a good time. But if you're watching me on Fox Nation right now, I am very prettied up. A lot of makeup on the old show pony today. When I, whenever I look this dark on camera... I really do have the complexion of a talking ham. (laughs) It looks like a product placement for the honey-baked ham. But I am not here uh, to sell you a big protein diet. Uh, But I am here to remind you that if you like watching Failavision, I will be hosting Kennedy tonight on the Fox Business Network at 7. And then you can see me again at 9 p.m. as a guest on the Sean Hannity Show, where we will undoubtedly be discussing the trip out to Ohio from your 45th president, the man who aspires to be your next president, pull a Grover Cleveland and serve two non-concurrent terms. Now, strategically, this is, you know, for whatever you think of it, it's a brilliant political move by Donald Trump. Tell him like it is. Okay, why? Because this has been his superpower from the moment he came down the escalator, which is demonstrating some empathy, some connection, paying some mind to the little people. Okay, understand that the Biden administration hasn't sent out a transportation secretary. They're certainly not going to send out a president anytime soon. Okay, at a time where this town is in fear that their water is tainted. In fact, the local grocery chain Kroger, uh, excuse me, Giant Eagle, screwing up my grocery chains. I go to all of them in Ohio because that's where Jenny's family's from. Giant Eagle is temporarily suspending their water production in the area out of an abundance of caution. Because they don't want to take the chance that they're selling contaminated water out of their spring because that doesn't end well for them. Harry, that's it. We're suing. We're going to sue. But at a time when the Biden administration, the Pete Buttigieg and, you know, all of these wonderful people who care and they're empathetic and, you know, eat the rich. We're here for the little guys. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are because they wouldn't go. And the reason they wouldn't go is the politics are always more important than the people. And what I mean in this instance is the politics, first and foremost, that if they show up and they bring the White House press pool to East Palestine, Ohio, it forces other networks besides Fox to cover this story. 
Okay, other networks. God, if you look around at your TV right now, it's like Trump's going to jail. You know, things going on in the Republican DeSantis or Nikki Haley's bad, but they're not talking about the people being affected by the ineptitude of the Democratic Party. The Democrats don't want to bring any more attention to that ineptitude, number one. And as I've told you a hundred times, the reason they want no part of going anywhere near a train derailment is because it brings more attention to the fact that this could all be avoided if the Democrats weren't killing pipelines. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, pipelines. Pipelines don't overturn. Pipelines don't contaminate your drinking water and force you to move out of your house. Okay, when when trains derail, we've had thousands of them. We had another one again last night. It's a problem. When tractor trailers, okay, it's a problem. You know, big rigs out there on the road. Okay, so the Democrats don't want to go near this because of the political liability. And that's why Trump has a wide open body shot when it comes to presenting himself as the blue collar billionaire he successfully ran as in 2016. He is a guy that goes out and meets the little guy, shakes the hands, takes the selfie, okay, and actually presents himself to their community as an ally. The Democrats hate this so much that if you remember when Trump was down assisting hurricane victims, they started complaining, look at how he's throwing the paper towels like a football. Ah, I mean, come on, man. Can you believe he's throwing these paper towels like a foot? This guy shouldn't be president. And that's what they said. Okay, and why did they say that? It's not insulting to have a president standing in an assembly line, throwing you paper towels. It's insulting to have the president not show up at all. Bingo. I mean, you're telling me Trump was trivializing their problems by throwing the paper towels? I mean, what to make of the guy who wouldn't even show up? I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's trivializing them even more. Bingo, man. Bingo. Biden's over in Ukraine right now. Okay. He's declaring to the people of Ukraine that uh, he said it yesterday. All over my country, every house has the Ukrainian flag hanging from its rooftop. That is a fact check false. I Listen, I'll give you a thousand bucks if you can get me two non-photoshopped pictures of a, of a house with a Ukrainian flag on it. You got to give me two, though. Okay. The claim here is all over the cut. They're everywhere. As far as the eye could see. You're not telling me the truth. He's pushing propaganda over in Ukraine, inching us closer to World War III, while they're completely ignoring the American citizens. Okay, Pete Buttigieg was confronted last night, asked about going to East Palestine, and told the Daily Caller reporter, well, right now I can't answer that question. I'm taking some personal time. Pete Buttigieg is pathetic. Now, to be clear, okay, this is kind of like a public ambush. Hey, when are you going to the thing? But that's actually the job of the press, which is to hold people in power accountable, number one. Number two, let's not pretend... Okay, that this style of ambush journalism isn't isn't happening on the left where they're attacking people everywhere. Now, again, I don't think you should hold yourself to the other guy's standards. But the fact is, Pete Buttigieg has a clear annoyance when he's questioned here because they don't know how to deal with an intellectually curious press. They didn't sign up for this. Democrats did not run for office thinking they would ever face any scrutiny whatsoever, ever. That wasn't the gig. That's not part of the deal. When you sign up to be a Democrat, 
The media is supposed to be on your side come hell or high water. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. But it died a long time ago. Just understand, Barack Obama, I want you to understand this. For all the lectures about anti-Semitism and, you know, say the stupid things Kanye West says, and I condemn them totally. They're terrible, just so you understand. But Barack Obama gave $50 billion in cash assets to Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. A group of people who literally spend their weekends chanting death to America. Once they get done chanting death to Israel, he gave them $50 billion. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Now, again, the $50 billion came in the exchange for a promise that they wouldn't enrich uranium, which, oh, by the way, they continued to do. But everyone telling you about the power of words and why we must be, you know, on the lookout for all of these, you know, anti-Semitic statements, everything like that. Yeah, of course, we shouldn't tolerate anti-Semitism anywhere. But if that's your position as the media, you should actually be a little more concerned about the guy giving money to the people trying to blow them up. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Think about that. Barack Obama made a deal and gave $50 billion to a group of people that are vowing to eradicate Israel. I got to be honest, this anti-Semitic acts go, okay? The Iranians pretty high on the list. I don't want to just give them the gold. You got to earn it in this day and age. It's not a participation trophy type of show. But it's pretty bad, okay? And the media never said a word. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. But understand, when Pete Buttigieg gets confronted last night, this is why he's so irritated. It's no differently than that clip I played you two days ago of Bernie Sanders being asked by CBS, hey, if you're doing a lecture called It's Okay to Be Angry About Capitalism, how come you're charging people 95 bucks to get in? Isn't that a fraud? And Weber, no, not particularly. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What do you mean? Bernie is so anti-capitalism, he's bought three mansions just to prove to the world once and for all how committed he is. But that's the scam of the Democratic Party. Every single one of them is just selling you some type of high-minded initiative under the personal motivation of... Please give us money. That's all it ever is. That's all climate change is. Again, Bernie's yelling and screaming about climate change. What is he doing in the process? Okay, he's got a carbon footprint with his three homes that make Shaquille O'Neal's sneaker look like spud webs. Okay, his footprint is huge. But he was so annoyed when the media called him out because he didn't sign up for this. Okay, if you're a Democrat, you're assured. You know when you're playing tag as a little kid? And you're like, you're it. And the kid's like, no, I'm not. I have a force field. You can't tag me. I put a force field around me. That's the Democrats. When they're walking around in public and a microphone comes their way, they assume it has to be friendly because they have a force field. That's true. That is true. Except it's not true. Here's Pete Buttigieg getting pretty irritated on his evening walk. It is clip three. You don't have a message for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Would you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, thank you. Can I get a a photo of you? Yeah. You suck, you jackass. And what does he say at the end? Can I get a photo? Why does he want a photo? Because he wants to dox her, get her name, and claim he felt threatened. 
That's what they do in order to avoid debate. That's what they do to, in order to avoid accountability. Hey, we can't even talk about this. People are getting so threatening. We don't want anybody to get hurt. So we're just going to go on screwing the American people. Because I've got this picture of this woman who politely asked me a question that I wanted no part of answering. They're so bad at optics. So bad. In what world do the people getting paid literally tens of millions of dollars to consult these political campaigns not think it's a good idea to just show up in Ohio? Okay, it's over two weeks now. You're in Ukraine. You're telling them we got their back. You're lying about how many people have flags on their houses. Just would it kill you to take five minutes to show up in Ohio and pretend you care? But they can't pretend they care. Okay, and they can't even pretend the media is entitled to do its job. Well, I spoke earlier. I'm not going to speak again. That's what he came up with. When are you going to go to Ohio? Well, I'll tell that to the press. She is the press. That's the point. But they're not used to the press doing their job. Okay, that's part of the issue. And that is stupid, by the way. Whoever wanted to say that, it is stupid. But the point is, okay, they're so lazy. They've gotten so entitled to this idea that they're just going to be Democrats. And no matter how bad they screw up the country, the media is going to have their back. The point I'm trying to make for you is if you're a Democrat, you're a liberal, you listen to the show, maybe you hate listen because it's Fox News. Or maybe you like listen because you realize I'm harmless. I don't care. I'm not in charge of changing the way you vote. I'm not an activist, okay? I'm just here hosting a talk show. But you have to know it's bad for this country when one political party has no accountability from the press. It's bad for them because it encourages more bad behavior, which ultimately affects you. So when you approach this from the mindset of, well, you know, I'm a Democrat. It's easy for me. I'm hitting at Coors Field. The wind's always blowing out. Remember when the Colorado Rockies came into the majors and everybody on the team was hitting 44 home runs? The Bat Boy hit 38 one year. It's crazy. Don, the Dante Bichettes and Larry Walkers. I mean, these guys are hitting big numbers, man. And they were sitting in Coors Field where the wind was blowing out because they had high altitude. Okay, the Democrats are used to hitting in Coors Field. There's always favorable weather conditions. But now they're on the road a little bit because they're historically unpopular and everything's screwed up in the country. And now you're finding out what type of batting numbers they're really capable of putting up. And the answer is not very good. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fresh off an appearance on the number one rated late night comedy show, In all of America, I'm talking about Gutfeld right here on the Fox News channel. If you missed it, we will, of course, post a clip on the Fox Across America Facebook page here shortly. Uh, I was also on with Harris Faulkner. We will post that there as well. And yes, as a reminder, I need the ratings. You better watch me on Fox Business tonight. I am hosting Kennedy at 7 p.m. And then I'm heading over to the Hannity studio, and we're doing Hannity in front of a live studio audience right here at the Fox News headquarters. Nobody cheering for the EPA right now, okay? Mandy Gunasekera, 
Okay, Mandy Gunasakura, you might not know her by name. Okay, but she is the former EPA chief of staff, the Environmental Protection Agency. She is the former EPA chief of staff, meaning she was sitting in the highest level meeting of bo- in the boardroom, okay, that they have at the EPA. Where all the big players are, she knows them all, okay? She knows where the bodies are buried, and she knows what type of contaminated groundwater they drank before they needed to get buried. And here she is last night on Jesse Waters Primetime, a show I was also on. You could have saw me on Waters last night. If you missed it, what do you want from me? I'm supposed to do, like, make change the channel for you? Come on, man. We're in this together. Anyway, Mandy tells Jesse last night that East Palestine has no reason to trust the EPA, the group she was a part of, Clip 9. They need a president and an EPA that has their back. And this administration has refused to meaningfully show up when it matters. They're saying to trust them, but they're not sharing any of the pertinent information. And that's because they didn't show up to control the disaster when it mattered most. They didn't show up to coordinate between all the officials involved in a meaningful way. And then they didn't show up to establish a clear line of communication to try and build up that public trust. How about that? Okay, that is the former chief of staff of the EPA saying you can't trust the EPA. I got a bad feeling about this. And we didn't need her to say that. Okay, the EPA lied right here in New York after September 11th. Okay, the towers came down and the EPA was like, no, it's fine. Head on down to the pit. We tested the air. It's fine. That's what they did. And so many first responders got sick over the years. They've ultimately had to put together all types of compensation funds. There's been class action lawsuits, which is exactly what's going to happen in East Palestine. They're willing to lie to people in the short term or at the very at the very least. Encourage them to risk their well-being. Why? Because they know there'll be restitution down the road, but they can throw some money in an account, let it accumulate a little bit of interest And then get sued by whoever didn't settle with them initially for a small amount of money in return for promising not to sue. Math goes on here. Okay, they'd rather work long con, pay some people to promise not to sue them, and then take their chances with the people who still have the right to sue them, hoping that some of them won't get sick, obviously. They're not saying they want you to die. They want you to get sick. But if you do get sick, they'll make a little bit of interest off the deal and pay you down the road. And that's what goes on. Okay, it happened here in New York. Believe me, it'll happen in a much smaller town like East Palestine. That's why people aren't buying what they're selling at the EPA. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It is Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon. Your radio buddy, hanging out. What do we say? This show is America's family meeting. That's going on in America. We want to talk about it. You know, if it's going on around the world, we'll get to it too. Uh, But our primary mission, as always, uh, is America, okay? A place where you have... Freedom! Okay, freedom. It matters. It's a thing. For all the fighting and the identity politics, if you're listening to this right now in the United States of America, congratulations, you have American privilege. You live in the world's 1% by virtue of the fact that you're in this country. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of people live a life that doesn't have that perspective. 
You know, people are being taught to hate the country. We're systemically racist. It's my favorite one. Well, we're not racist anymore. We're racist in ways you can't even see. That's what's going on now. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. There's no such thing as invisible racism, nor are there invisible people, which is why it's so disconcerting when your president tries to shake hands with them after a speech. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But I bring up the current president because the race to replace him well underway now. Ron DeSantis spent some time in New York this week with police, Donald Trump on the way to East Palestine, Ohio, in an effort to show some empathy, show some support for the local residents that they're not getting from this administration. Uh, Noah is out in Wisconsin. He knows things. What's up, Noah? Oh, we're just trailer trucking through the snow right now. Wow, I heard there's some big action out there right now. You guys, Minnesota, got clobbered, right? Oh, yeah, but they're taking care of it for the most part. You know what I'm amazed by, Noah, is like people who get snow all the time are actually, it's fine. Like I have flown out of Kansas City in like two and a half feet of snow. But last year we were in Dallas. It was a week ago this year. It rained when it was like 32 degrees out and they were like, nope, nobody's leaving. They grounded every flight for like a week. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. It's a different culture up here. We embrace it, love it, and you just get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's what it is. And the thing is, in Texas, all of those, like, plain de-icers that you guys have, the Texans spent that money on guns and beer. Exactly. You know, so not, you know. Hey, we love our beer, too. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm well aware. I've spent some time out there. What do you think? I, I saw your comment about 2024. Can you explain this to the audience? Because I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, so I know you're talking about pipelines. I totally agree. And they also have their flaws as well. But I think they're a lot safer from the standpoint of what we're going through now. Mm -hmm. Um, Regardless of who it is that gets in in 2024, uh, Republican-wise, I mean, do you think they're going to fire up that Keystone pipeline? I mean, I researched that it's only about 8% complete. Yep. You know, are they going to continue to move forward? And with that, I mean... There was all kinds of concerns of uh, Indian reservations that mm-hmm. ran through. Now I don't know which way it ran, but you know how can mm-hmm. they how can they help those people out? Because you know well, for hundreds of years they've been getting shut out. Yep, they've always gotten the shaft. I mean, the truth is, there's always there's always a money. There's always a lane for money where you can oh, make yeah. work your way around this stuff, and that's where I think that would head. But I do believe the Republicans, if they take back the White House are going to be pushing American energy independence because the truth is there are so many side effects to not having it, meaning the world, for one, is less stable because we're now reliant on other parts of the world for our energy. And in doing so, we're empowering those other parts of the world, those dictators or the people like the Putins of the world, the people like down in Venezuela, you know. Then there's also the reality of our economy, whether we're talking about employing people or just paying for the fuel. And the truth is this is the thing nobody talks about, Noah. When it comes to the environmental movement, producing the energy here is cleaner. You know, the stuff they're doing right now in the name of, like, clean energy is polluting the world more because you've got to get it from other filthier countries and you've got to use fuel to get it here. So I do think whoever the Republican is, I think there's going to be a big push for pipelines for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, going back to the economy and jobs, I mean, they were people were making really good money, especially as truck drivers living out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just all taken away. So. It's a racket. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you out in Wisconsin soon. You're going to book a trip? I'd love to see your uh, stand-up. Listen, I will have you know, uh, the closest I'm going to be to you, I'm just trying to think. I'm in, I'm in Michigan, Holland, Michigan, July 8th. 
I'm in Ohio uh, July 29th. I think we're in, I, for real, I think we're in Wisconsin either late August or early September because I'm going on a road with Kennedy. So we're going to announce dates uh, like later this week once all the formal stuff is worked out. And, yeah, come come drink a beer with your radio buddy, damn it. Oh, I've been looking forward to it, and I will be looking out for those tickets. All right, it's a deal, Noah. I'll see you in the mosh pit, brother. Okay, thanks, Jimmy. My man. There he goes. Noah gets it, man. He's out on the road. He's trucking through the snow because that's what they do. So funny. Everybody in the Midwest, you guys are gangsters compared to the coasts. Like, it's crazy. Like, we don't even need snow. Someone just could be playing Hank Snow on the radio. Like, cancel the flights. Change it delayed. That's it. They could be playing Informer by Snow, that Canadian scat rapper. We're like, no, no, that's stuff. They're playing Snow on the radio. We can't come out of the house today. Guys are in the middle of the country just driving through feats of snow. That whole thing. It's pretty impressive. You know what's not impressive? MSNBC. Is anyone watching MSNBC these days? I mean, certainly more people are watching MSNBC, if we're going to be fair, than something like CNN. CNN is the worst. For sure. Uh, But over on MSNBC. Okay, I played you a clip yesterday where they were talking about Nikki Haley using her browned skin to launder white supremacy. That was embarrassing. But he said it with a straight face. And I'm going to play the clip again because apparently it was the opening act for something even dumber. But there's a resounding theme here as the 2024 race gets underway. And that theme is you could be racist, you could be sexist, you could be anything. As long as you aim it as a Republican, Nobody cares. Okay? Nobody cares. The, the, the words they have called the black conservatives, the people who tell you racism is our biggest problem, the words being used to describe Byron Donalds, guys like Tim Scott, guys like Clarence Thomas, I mean, horrific. They're using language that you probably didn't hear from the segregationists Biden was hanging out with in the 70s and 80s. Okay, horrible things. You could say anything about a black conservative. You're fine. Say anything about a a minority woman if she's a Republican. You're fine. Okay, so yesterday was the comment, which, again, was, I say, weapons-grade stupid. Because if you hang around with this stuff long enough, you will become dumb enough to believe some of it. And now you're not just a threat to others. You're a threat to yourself when you're walking down the street because you're just this mindlessly stupid, empowered by emotion that denies you the self-awareness that should otherwise tell you you shouldn't say this. This is Wajahat Ali talking to the Daily Beast about Nikki Haley using her skin to launder white supremacy. This is amazing. Clip 26. What does she do like all these model minorities, which, by the way, is a strategy of white supremacy to use Asians in particular as a cudgel against black folks. Instead of pulling us up from the bootstraps and pulling others from the bootstrap, we're taught to take your boot and put it on the neck of poor browns, immigrants, refugees, and black folks. And that's what she did in her ad. So I see her and I feel sad, Mehdi because she uses her brown skin as a weapon against poor black folks and poor brown folks, and she uses her brown skin to launder white supremacist talking points. And the reason why I feel sad, because no matter what she does, Mehdi, it'll never be enough. They'll never love her. (laughs) I mean, straight clown stuff. (laughs) That's what she did in her ad. She told people to put their boot on the neck of poor brown people and minorities. That is so embarrassing. But this is, for real though, they're very threatened 
by the idea of a minority woman being a Republican. They're very threatened just the same by the idea of a black conservative. Okay, this again, there's nothing on earth they hate more because it refutes everything they're selling people. Okay, the Democrats are selling victimhood, victimhood. The country has screwed you. You're a woman. Don't even bother. Okay, we're so sexist. You're better off transitioning to a man. But either way. Don't bother. We got your back. Are you a minority? Don't even bother. Yeah, yeah, we know Obama ran on Yes, We Can. That He needs to check his half-white privilege, okay, because no, we can't. You need the government taking care of everything because you're a victim. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And minority groups who know that, who think for themselves, infuriate. Oh, the Democrats. Oh, my goodness. And I understand the big prize, of course, is just power. The Democrats don't care what happens to this country as long as they're in charge of it when it happens. That's what this has become. You know when two kids get in a tug-of-war over a toy till they just rip it in half and now it's broken? That's the country right now. The Democrats are tugging so hard for power they don't care about the damage they're doing to our institutions. They destroyed confidence in public health by screaming and yelling about vaccine mandates, denying science. Okay, no one will ever trust a public health initiative again. Because they changed the initiatives a thousand times. Whenever the politics changed, the science changed right with it. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Okay, you want to talk about undermining faith in the elections? The Democrats spent four years telling you 2016 was stolen. It was a stolen election, said the people, who now want you to believe, as they're tearing in the other direction, that we're not allowed to question the legitimacy of elections. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign... You can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. So understand, okay, they are willing, they are tugging so hard. Border security, which they know they voted for twice. Democrats voted for border security under George W. Bush. They voted for it again under Barack Obama. They voted for a wall. But the tug for power is so fierce that we've now rescinded our border security because they decided to abandon their previous principle— and say that border security was racist. We should be building bridges, not walls. Sanctuary cities is what we should do. No human is illegal. Until the humans show up to democratic cities that had declared themselves sanctuary cities, and the Democrats are like, Get them out of here. Get them out. Okay, that's the scam. But they're tugging so hard for control, they're breaking the toy. That's what's going on right now in our country. Okay, so here is Jason Johnson over at MSNBC saying DeSantis is running from Florida, a state that's known for crystal meth and alligators. Now, I got to be honest with you. There are a lot of good crystal meth and alligator stories out of Florida. But what's going on there? Okay, Florida, a state more people are moving to than anything else in the country, with a higher concentration in the south of minority migration than anywhere else in the country. Every time somebody tells you the South's a bunch of racists, what they don't tell you is that more minorities are moving South than anywhere else in America. Correct the mundo. So I don't know. Maybe it's not as racist as they want you to believe. I think he's got a point. But again, they're willing to overlook data to keep tugging for control. Here's Jason Johnson slandering Florida, clip 13. In my view, there are three states yet you can't really run from if you're trying to win across America. You run from New York. 
you're too crazy, you're liberal. You run from California, you're too crazy, you're liberal, you're trying to make sure I can't get plastic straws. You run from Florida, it's all crystal meth and alligators, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's what people think. And I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm saying those are sort of the national reputations of those states. So when you see Ron DeSantis running and claiming that he's going to do for America what he's done in Florida, it seems like that'd be a problem. Gonna- I mean, dude, I mean, let's really think about this. Okay. Oh, you can't run from Florida. And why is he saying you can't run from Florida? Because a lot of people consider DeSantis to be the favorite to win the race going forward. And he's willing to slander a whole state, just like Eric Adams before him slandered the whole state. But since the argument is it's all crystal meth and alligators and the South's a bunch of racists, let me bring in a minority. Okay. His name is Charles Payne. He happens to work here on the Fox Business Network. Pound for pound, he's got to be the second best-dressed man in all of cable news after me. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Whatever. Pound for pound, C-Pain is probably the best. But here he is talking about the criticisms of Florida, specifically when they come from liberal enclaves like New York. This is clip 18. I think that the Santos team was really nice in that rebuttal, the mic drop. They could have been a lot harder. Let's start with Uh-oh. a place where you don't ban books. You might as well ban them in New York City because our kids can't read. Hmm. Ban them and burn them because you don't teach our kids how to read. What the hell good are books in the first place? LGBTQ. I don't know any member of my family, any friend, the LGBTQ. First minute they get, they're off to Florida. Okay? (laughs) They leave New York for Florida every week and they'll slip out on a Friday and come back on a Saturday. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, this is that great, big, spooky place. Yeah, give me a break on that one. Asylum seekers, Democrats should be embarrassed. Right? They tell the world, get here. Cross that border and we got your back. As soon as they go to the richest places in America, New York City, Martha's Vineyard, we can't afford them. We're afraid. We're clutching our pearls. How dare they send these people up here? (laughs) I admire your honesty. He's telling you the truth. But they're tugging so hard for control of the toy. They're ripping it in half. They don't care. They don't care what happens to this country. As long as they're in charge, that's who they are. They're children. Okay? They're children. They don't care if they rip the toy and destroy it as long as you don't get to play with it. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Big TV night. I'm going to be hosting Kennedy at 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. And you know a man of my limited intellect needs the ratings, so you better be there. When it's over, I'll switch outfits, put on one of my overweight figure skater numbers, and I'll head off to Sean Hannity, and I'll do some TV there as well. Uh, A lot of Fallavision this week. We're pretty busy. And there is, of course, a live studio audience for these Hannity shows. If you want to attend one, uh, I posted the link to get tickets on the Fox Across America Facebook page. You can actually go to one of these events. Yeah, they're going to screen you, throw you through metal detectors and stuff, make sure you're not a nut. But the point is, if you can if you can pass those two things, you can come to the show. And of course, if you are a nut, the Democrats will just put you in office instead. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Oh, I'm being silly now. But I have to tell you, In the next hour, 
probably the f- best thing we'll do on this show all year in terms of s- sheer debauchery is I'm going to play you clips of the woman who happens to be in charge of this jury, uh, grand jury in Georgia that's hoping to recommend criminal charges against Donald Trump for his role in the aftermath of the 2020 election. Okay, we have a selection of clips. And I feel bad saying this because Fox is the host of the number one late night show in the country. But I promise you, if me and Greg were tasked with a year to come up with something as entertaining and as mindlessly stupid as what I'm about to play you, I promise you we couldn't do it. And I'm not saying that to be humble. I'm saying that because there is nothing. You know when you hear the term like we're beyond parody now, like we've reached this other place now, it's like we're living in this simulation of stupid. There is something going on in the liberal mind right now that I don't even purport to understand. They're crazy. They're not all crazy. And this is not a show that just does a one note hate the left wing people. You know, in fact, I have Democrats on all the time. I had Jessica Tarloff on yesterday. In case you were listening, that sound you heard was a million Americans changing the station. But the point is I had her on and we had a good time. We like to talk across the aisle on this show. But sometimes it becomes harder to talk across the aisle when you don't speak insanity. But we're going to attempt to do it in the next hour. And I want you to buckle up because we're leading the show in the next hour with what I consider to be the absolute craziest I've ever heard. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America. Your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world where I've got to tell you, if we didn't just hit rock bottom uh, from a media standpoint, (laughs) there's just no bottom. Remember the old 80s video game Pitfall? You just keep falling and falling and all of that. I, I, I don't know how else to characterize what I'm about to play for you in this hour. But Greg Stubbe is stopping by. He's a representative from the great state of Florida. He's going to be talking about East Palestine, the limitless funding we're now offering Ukraine. Uh, we're going to get into Biden's vow over in Poland to build nuclear power plants so they can become energy independent. Hello. That's something we'd all like to prioritize here, no? Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. Seriously. But right now, we're going to talk sanity last for a minute. Okay, I'm going to start this hour. Let me just get you up to speed on what this story happens to be, because it's just such great fun. Okay, over at CNN last night, their legal analyst, analyst, let me say that correctly, their legal analyst over at CNN. Do you speak in English? <laughs> but one of their analysts, Ellie Honig, was on with Anderson Cooper last night. And they both were apoplectic that the foreperson, okay, what would traditionally be known as the foreman in a jury, the foreperson of the grand jury down in Georgia that Democrats are hoping will throw criminal charges at Donald Trump She went on TV, okay? She went on TV last night and had such a disastrous showing 
okay, that she's now trending all over social media because she is an actual, like, a sociopath, like an insane person. Like, she comes off as, like, she might be a witch or some type of spell practitioner. I don't have an answer there. But it's a very weird antic on display. It's Kamala-esque in terms of, like, the kind of weird, uncomfortable in my own skin stuff you get out of Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> but in this instance, okay, this this woman seems really, like, really out to lunch, number one. Number two, as the impartial juror she's supposed to be, she flat-out admitted she was hoping that this will end with charges for President Trump. That's Use your common sense. I mean, does that not compromise the integrity of the trial a little bit, folks? The answer is, yes, it does. He knows what he's talking about. And understand, the CNN people are losing their minds. Why? Because this is their latest fantasy to get Trump. You understand, the people who hate Trump, it's not enough that he's out of office. They want him out of happiness. They want him out of a functional existence on this earth. They want him in prison for the rest of his life, for his life, which is why they've hit him with so many absurd charges. Like, ah, oh, he's colluding with Russia. It was made up by these sick people. And they knew it was made up, but they continued to do it. Why? Because they needed to get him. I told you, Trump's existence in politics is Batman. Okay, before he ran for office, everybody was friends with him. The Clintons went to his wedding. Okay, he came out and supported gay marriage by going to Elton John's wedding. Ten years before a single Democrat threw their support behind gay weddings. Okay, in fact, two years before Joe Biden supported gay marriages, he was screaming that we shouldn't have them. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. So What's the game going on here? So understand, okay, everybody was fine with Trump till they weren't. They liked him. They hung out with him. They went to his parties. They took his money when he donated to their campaigns. This is politics as usual. Of course. But then he turned around and was like, I'm a Republican. And they were like, literally, Hitler, this is on. You can't normalize this stuff. Democrats are so full of crap. But from that day forward, he became their number one fantasy. He became Batman. Remember when you watched Batman back in the day? Oh, we got him now. He's not going to get out of this one. Well, here we are again. He got out of the collusion. He got out of the Ukrainian impeachment, got out of the January 6th impeachment. Okay, every source in the room when he was accused of slandering dead veterans came forward to say it never happened. He got out of that, too. Okay, anything you want to throw at this guy, he's managed to evade. So you understand their latest attempt to get Batman was that they think he can go to jail for what happened down in Georgia, for him questioning the results of the election. Okay, like the tax returns before that. They said, oh, it was tax returns. That's going to get him. <laughs> Didn't get him. Well, Stormy Daniels, don't ever forget, he did sleep with a porn star. Hubba, hubba. And that's, you know, a violation of campaign laws that he paid her off. That's going to get him. <laughs> Didn't get him. And now here we are with this Georgia thing going downhill in real time. Allow me to play for you. Okay, Emily Coors. 
She is the foreperson of the Georgia grand jury tasked with granting President Trump an impartial hearing, clip 28. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. Have you ever had a check? You have to watch the video of this to believe it. She's batting her eyes. She's preening around on the camera. A lot of weird smiles, a lot of like animated movements, but it's her bloodlust for Donald Trump that really undoes her. Yes, she looks crazy, but as we go on to talk about it, okay, she winds up letting the cat all the way out of the bag. Now, here she is being asked of who about who could particularly be indicted and how many indictments there are coming. It's clip 29. Is it, would you say, when it comes to, there are, indi- there are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. Not a short list. <laughs> it's not a short list. <laughs> This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. So here she is being asked if Trump's going to be indicted. He just, man. Radio isn't doing it enough justice, but you have to know this. When you look at this person, it like you're like, oh, that's a crazy person. The way she's preening around the screen, the faces she makes, like the over-remoting. What it is is it's an insincere emotion. When people are really uncomfortable in their own skin, this happens to Kamala Harris a lot. They'll often give you an emotion that doesn't match the moment, meaning they either look a a lot angrier than they should given the situation or they look a lot more enthusiastic than they are deep down inside. You know when you can see that kind of torment in someone's face where they're trying to convince themselves that they feel the way they're trying to convince you? I only know this stuff. It's like a body language thing because doing stand-up comedy, jokes don't work if you don't look comfortable telling them. If you're using language or you're moving in a way that the audience, okay, sees that you're uneasy, they're uneasy. And it takes the probability rating of the joke and it lowers it exponentially. You don't look good in your own skin. I'm telling you this as someone who drove a cab and has really become an expert on body language that way as well. Okay, when you're constantly determining whether or not the guy in the back seat is going to stab you in the head with a screwdriver, you get good at diagnosing people who are a little off. And I'm going to tell you, it wouldn't take my taxi meter $3 for me to have deduced this woman is a little off. Here she is being asked about Trump getting indicted. Clip 30. Did you recommend charges against Donald Trump? I really don't want to share something that the judge made a conscious decision not to share. I, I will tell you that it was a process where we heard his name a lot. Uh, we definitely heard a lot about former President Trump, and we definitely discussed him a lot in the room and i'll say that uh when this list comes out you wouldn't there are no major plot twists waiting for you (laughs) there are no major plot twists oh shut up woman now at that point you know some democrats are hearing this and they're like oh goody they're gonna charge trump again but one of the things that will ultimately number one they're not going to get him criminally number two okay 
it would be impossible to believe this was an impartial jury when she finally says her last take on this. It's clip 31. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. Like, that's, that's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in, in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good. Bye. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Folks, does that woman sound like a reasoned, impartial juror? The answer would be no. That's the foreperson. That's the woman in charge. What the hell is the world coming to? Really think about it. It's the woman in charge. Well, like, I hope something happens because, like, we spent a lot of time and, like, we had to send letters and stuff and, like, lawyers had to, like, put on their shoes and, like, tie them to, like, walk out of the house and, like, stick the key in the ignition of their car and, like, turn on the radio and, like, sometimes it wasn't a song they liked so then they had to change it to a song they did like. And that happened, like, a bunch of times. So, like, I hope something happens to him. Like, because there was, like, so much talking. Yo! How is that woman in charge of a jury? There is no world. Okay? None. She shouldn't be in charge of cooking something in the microwave. No. No, no, I do not trust her to not put it in aluminum foil, to not slice the hot dog three times, as he used to do in the 80s. And they were like, your house will blow up. Okay, this is a crazy person. And now over at CNN, okay, they want you to believe they are tolerant and inclusive and mindful of everything that comes out of their mouths. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. So what they're tactfully trying to do here is they're trying to say it was a really bad idea for her to go on television, which it is. In no legitimate trial is the foreperson of the jury going on TV to deal you into the case before the case even happens. Ever. This is not normal. She is not normal. But they can't say that at CNN. They're in a lot of trouble right now because Don Lemon trashed every woman on earth including the ones on set with him, by saying you're all past your prime at 50. What an idiot. I mean, listen, have you seen Caliente Cougars 5? What the hell did you just say? Stick with me. The point being is if you saw it, you'd know Don Lemon was wrong. But here is Ellie Honig on CNN trying to say everything but the obvious, which is that she's nuts. It is clip 32. This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. I was wincing just (laughs) watching her eagerness to, like, 
you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. We're talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very right. seriously. But there's no reason for her to be out talking. No. I mean, there's a, right, it's okay. a prosecutor's nightmare. She, <laughs> okay. Mark my words. Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion, if there's an indictment, to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny or interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. (laughs) (laughs) And what they're really trying to say to her is... You're a loony. But why are they so upset? Because like her... They're not impartial either. Okay, they get out of bed and devote all the energy of their existence to bringing down Donald Trump. And what she just did on TV, on networks that are aligned with their sensibilities, is she just handed Batman another ticket out of town. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let me give you this one more time. Sometimes you got to just fly into the insanity. This is Emily Kors on CNN. She is, of course, the foreperson of the jury down in Georgia, the grand jury, hoping to indict Donald Trump. And I do mean hoping, her exact words, clip 31. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. Like, that's, that's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But... I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much, too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in, in court about getting people to appear before us. There was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good, bye. <laughs> Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Crazy persons are like her. You're the four person. It takes me a minute to say. We used to say foreman, but then, you know, we changed the gendered language, four woman, four person, whatever you got. It doesn't matter. Okay. The point being is that, number one, okay, if you are going to be leading a jury, something that can oftentimes have life or death implications, and you're not capable of hearing gendered language, you're probably not emotionally equipped to be making life or death decisions on behalf of people in a courtroom. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. But number two, if you are actually crazy, I don't know how she wound up in charge. Like, there's a screening process to this. Okay, and yes, any objective lawyer would hear that woman speak and go, oh, it's a biased jury. We're like, I hope something happens. 
because, like, I went to Starbucks the second day of the trial, and, like, the line was wrong, and I wanted three pumps of soy, and they only gave me two. And when I have three, I get a little lightheaded. So, like, I hope something happens to him. And, like, I'm not, like, a legal expert. <laughs> How is she in charge? <laughs> It's a great scene in Apocalypse Now where everybody's like strung out on drugs. They're overseas. And he goes, who's your commanding officer? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason I'm not calling for comment from whoever was in charge of jury selection. I'm afraid I'd be like, hey, who's in charge of this down here? And they'd be like, yeah. Because there's no other way to sum up the people that put her in charge. They're crazy. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing American Woman by the guest. I don't even know if you could play this song anymore. Is it an American person? An American that? I don't even know what the rules are anymore in pop culture. It's a wild time to be a talk radio host. But joining me now to restore order, he's a superstar representative from the 17th Congressional District of Florida. I'm talking about Representative Greg Stubbe back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? Uh, good. Uh, I'm assuming you have not landed a home improvement sitcom yet. <laughs> no. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, the head's clear. The ligaments that I tore in my neck are a lot better. I wouldn't say they're 100%, but they're a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, like, clotting in my lungs, which is why oh, I haven't been able to make it to D.C. because I'm not cleared to fly till March. Mm-hmm. And then the pelvis is broken, and I get a scan on March 1st. Um, so hopefully that has healed by March 1st, and I can start doing progressive weight bearing. So right now the plan is to be in D.C., we have uh, two weeks in March. It's that second week I plan on being up. So wow. I'm excited to get back in the fight, and uh, I appreciate everybody's prayers and everybody reaching out. Yeah, we, we all had your back on Twitter. Uh, it was just such a shocking, crazy thing. And then I, of course, like my coping mechanism when things go sideways is I usually wind up laughing about them. And I harbor this suspicion when it comes to married people that some of us guys take out too much life insurance and our wives try to do us in. Can you confirm that there was no effort by the other Stubies? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because afterwards I was like, well, you know, it's it's like a half a million dollar policy on me. Um, you could have paid off the house. Yeah. Yeah, There's there a few of those conversations that happened. Yeah, good for uh, you. She just kind of smiled. And, and what's interesting is I don't remember what exactly happened. Thankfully, there was a witness, an Amazon driver, that saw the whole thing go down. So... Um, and they couldn't find her. We actually have a media room, like a studio in the house that I can do TV hits and radio hits and that sort of thing. Well, when you're in here, it's completely soundproof. You can't hear what's going on outside. So wow. the Amazon driver actually came to the door and tried to get my wife, and she didn't hear it. It wasn't probably 45 minutes mm-hmm. after I had fell. I'm on the way to the hospital before she even knew what was going on. Oh, my goodness. And by then she had disposed of the banana peel she placed on the roof. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This is heavy stuff. Uh, Representative Greg Stubbe is on the phone, not formally accusing his wife of pushing him off the roof, but I got to be of honest, course. danced around a little bit. No, I laugh because my I had the same realization as you. When you get married, you start a family. It is really funny that when we were doing, like, the life insurance thing, and I was, like, a cab driver at the time, I'm like, I don't see any reason why, like, mine is, like, four times as much as yours. It makes you a little suspicious. It's all I'm saying. I I don't want you to I don't want you to taint the trial 
uh, if this thing goes further. Let's talk America. But I'm, I'm glad you're hanging in there is what I should say. Um, Thank you, and I appreciate it. Well, good. Well, you're still in better shape than the country. I mean, it's such a mess. I just really quickly, I wanted to talk to you about optics, okay? Biden's over in Ukraine, and I understand none of us support Putin. We don't want to see him overtake Europe. But we would like some type of definition of what would constitute a victory if we're just going to keep Venmoing money over there. And I think a lot of people at a time when Biden is making them feel like such a priority feel like back here at home the optics are terrible because you haven't really seen a lot of love for East Palestine from this administration. No. And it's yeah, so- and, and what's funny is I can get up a stairs better than President Biden right now, and I have crutches. Oh, no. Um, I saw that video. You know, got the piece of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it shows exactly where this administration's priorities are, and it's not America. Yeah. It's not Americans. It's Ukraine. It's uh, a wide-open southern border and millions of illegals streaming into our country. It's not the hardworking Americans that are in East Palestine that are literally can't go to their home or drink water because there was a tran- train derailment. And the Secretary of Transportation, it's 40 days now since that's occurred. He hasn't shown up. And what's, what I've seen is a pattern with this administration is if there's enough noise, then eventually they acquiesce to the horribleness of the decisions that they make. So because even CNN and the like is like, uh, well, Mr. President, mate, why haven't you gone to East Palestine? It's like, okay, well, it's an afterthought after Ukraine to go there and visit the Americans that are that are truly struggling right now, both from a health perspective and being able to get in their homes and all the things that go with what happened there, and ignoring the southern border, ignoring the fact that 100,000 Americans a year are now dying from fentanyl that we know is coming across the southern border. And the most important thing for him is to fly to Ukraine, promise another $500 million, which brings the total amount to like $115 billion that we've given the Ukraine with no plan. Like you said, like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Are we just Venmoing money with no actual plan of what we're doing? Because the Russians aren't going to stop doing what they're doing unless they're just either completely defeated or they're successful in Ukraine. And there is nothing that this administration has put forth that gives you any assurance that there's any plan whatsoever as it relates to foreign affairs, specifically in Ukraine. And people like myself are sick and tired of, like you said, Venmoing money Mm -hmm. to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars when we've got our own challenges right here in America, and America should come first. I agree a thousand percent. So we're talking to Representative Greg Stubbe from the great state of Florida, and I think that's the part that's so infuriating is they say if you dare ask questions about this aid to Ukraine, they're like, what are you on, Putin's? Side? What are you put puppet? No, that's not the point. It just seems like they're okay with an endless amount of war. And I don't see how that's sustainable, given the amount of money we're spending and given the deterioration of conditions here in America. And anyone who tells you, oh, we could walk and chew gum at the same time, but we're not doing that, you know, when you talk about the border and everything in between. So, you know, it's my hope that enough people have made noise because you're right. They govern. It's really weird, but they govern to Twitter. Like, they didn't make it down to the border. It took two years. Fentanyl was the num- number right. one cause of adult death in the country. When they finally saw enough tweets, they made it down to the border. So is that what we're living in now? Are we just go- Is it government by Twitter? Yeah, it seems as though that that's kind of how this administration runs. I mean, they can't, they can't 
just have law and order. They can't follow the laws. Um, they can't uh, just enforce the laws that have already been passed by Congress, and then they blame Congress for what's happening at the southern border, except the fact that they're ignoring the laws that Congress passed decades ago that wouldn't allow for any of this to be happening right now. And uh, then when enough pressure gets put on them on either the Twitterverse or on mainstream media, even when the Democrats are like, well, you know, we have Americans hurting in East Palestine. Maybe the president should go. Suddenly that changes their overall thinking and scheme because there's no plan. They have a far left progressive agenda, and that's all they care about. If it's not climate change or if it's not a wide open southern border and allowing illegals to just flock into our border and a completely broken foreign affairs policy, then they don't really care until enough pressure is put on them like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just go do a, a, a show of face in East Palestine and just to, to say that we care about the American people. It's so funny because now we're being told that Pete Booty Judge is going to finally show up tomorrow because Trump was going today. And apparently Biden is going to FaceTime them from Poland if he hasn't already in the last hour to express his support, which is, again, that's not leadership. That's not action. That is very much reaction. Like, it's a scam. And uh, I'm glad you're doing well enough to be able to diagnose this problem, man. You still got it, Stuby. That's all I wanted to say before I let you go. You still got it, champ. I appreciate it. I can still fight even though I'm standing on crutches. <laughs> all right. We'll keep doing it. We'll see you back in Washington, man. Be well. All right. Thank you. You too. There he goes. The great Greg Stuby, who may or may not. Josh, can we just talk about this? You and me? Uh, you know, I'm obviously having a silly time on the show, and we love Stu because he plays along well. But he didn't sound convinced that he wasn't shoved off that roof, Josh. I there was some hesitation there. There there was some amnesia going on, selective amnesia. <laughs> I think he was holding back. He, <laughs> he was. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't want to do the full admission. But it's funny because I was obviously making a joke, like you know, you got to make sure you didn't have so much life insurance that Mrs. Stuby pushed you off, and then he went on a tangent. She was nowhere to be found. She was in a soundproof room. I mean, that's her alibi anyway. To go right into the amount that he has, and he's like, you know what? This makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he realizes. He knows the look. <laughs> Anybody listening to this who has a life insurance policy, it's a really funny moment in your life where you realize that, you know, you love these people, you're married, but your death is very valuable to them you know maybe not emotionally they love you great they want to keep you around forever uh but you know money makes people do crazy things <laughs> when you hear a guy like Stuby, so you understand who greg Stuby is for those of you who don't follow him okay greg Stuby is in like world-class shape he is the only member of congress to hit a home run in a major league ballpark during the congressional baseball game you know how, like, they'll move the fence in and let him play and stuff like that? He hit a major league home run in the congressional baseball game. And the guy is jacked. He's in phenomenal shape. So when you hear a guy like that just all willy-nilly falls off the roof of the house and breaks everything in his body, you know, somebody like me who has to cope with tragedy through comedy, you know, I laugh. Ah, his wife pushed him off. So I figured I'd tell the joke the first time I got him back on the phone. And he was like, funny you say that. <laughs> so needless to say, I'm not the only ones that have signed those insurance papers and become a little suspicious of the person I was signing them with. And I think the tell is, fellas, okay, I know there are, you know, old beliefs out there that the men can make more and this and that. When I got my life insurance, I was driving a taxi. Okay. I was getting paid weekly, very weekly. 
But the point is, we didn't have any money. We didn't even have a bank account. We had a shoebox. I was going to the bank of Reebok when I was driving a taxi. Uh, yet we somehow had a lot more life insurance for me than we did for the woman of the house. I'm not saying Jenny would kill me for the life insurance. I think she'd just kill me for the thrill of it. But the point is, you got to be a little suspicious if you're Greg Stubbe. Uh, let's hope if this does make it to trial, they don't wind up with the same four person as Trump has down in Georgia. We're going to get into more of that when we come back on Fox Across America. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, boy. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Your president, Joe Biden, just fell again on the way up the steps to Air Force One. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Now listen, it is actually pretty easy to fall going up the stairs. Uh, This wasn't as bad as that moment where he fell three times on the way up to Air Force One. But this is still a bad image for the country to project to the world after you just got done talking tough to Putin and America and we're not going to take it. And he falls on the way up the stairs. Not the best look, Uh, but we're talking about Biden. We're talking about this bad look, and we're talking about Ukraine. Why? Because at a time when we are $31 trillion in debt, we can't stop paying Ukraine. That is financial lunacy. And to be clear, you have to say this every time you raise the point, as we just did with Florida Representative Greg Stubbe. Nobody is saying Putin should be able to invade countries and take over Europe. To be clear, they can't take over Europe. They don't have the military wherewithal with or without our involvement. They can't take a NATO country. But the fact that we just keep endlessly financing this sort of thing is not, you know, us trying to promote peace in the world. That's our job as America. This is us just prolonging more conflict. Okay, there's no effort being made in Washington to say we're sending money, but here's why. You know, we're doing this, but here's how it ends. No, they're flat out saying it. It's, you know, party on, dude. It's Wayne's world. It's Wayne's world if they had weapons instead of weed. Tom is out in the Lake of the Ozarks. He knows stuff. Yo, Tom. Hey, listen, two things. Um, number one, you want to stop the Russians, uh, just drop a, a, you know, several kilos of weed over there and uh, already rolled up for them. But uh, the thing is, with Biden, you know, this guy, if you really put the numbers to it, uh-huh. we have approximately 333 million people in America, okay, mm-hmm. men, women, and child. So if you take and divide the $24 billion that he's already given in 2022 by that 330 million, it comes up to $720 million per person. Now, here I'm re- I'm almost the Social Security age, uh-huh. and they're telling me that I'm so. You know, why don't you just give me one payment of 720 million, <laughs> take the 50% tax rate out of it, and I won't bother you ever again. Listen, can we buy you out for $375 million is my question. Uh, yes. 
All right, so it's good to go. That's the art of the deal right there. You see what we did? We found his price. We worked it out. No, but you make it, I'm laughing because, you know, the point you make is America's just not the priority right now. And any explanation of how this is helping America long term hasn't been spoken to us yet. Okay, when you yell and scream about protecting democracy, okay, we have sold out our entire economy to China, which is stomping out democracy in places like Hong Kong, which doesn't have any in its home country. Oh, by the way, Ukraine banned the opposition party. Okay, we're not protecting democracy and we're not stopping Putin from pulling a Hitler because Putin doesn't have the military might that Germany did back in the 1940s. Okay, it's a gas station with nukes, and they had an intercontinental ballistic missile test yesterday that failed. So you're right to say we don't feel like a priority. No matter how the money works out, we're not the priority. Uh, And if we were going to be one, I think a lot of people would support that over what we're doing in Ukraine. So a good call as always, Tom. I lost your cell phone signal. I didn't want you to think I cut you off. But Tom has the same. I got to be honest with you. I don't want to harangue my carrier. It's not nice to do. They could be advertising in a local station. We're on like 135, 36 stations here. You don't get somebody in trouble with a local advertiser. But if my cell phone carrier happens to be listening and you know who you are, okay, I, I listen. You gotta do better than that. My phone goes on Rome in the store. I'm like, I mean, I mean, what do you mean? We're in your store. Your logo is over this building. None of us can get a cell phone signal in here. I'm not happy. But I'm not one of those people that calls it out like publicly. You know, people go on Twitter now and like, such and such air, uh, airline lost my luggage. How dare you? And then they wait around refreshing their phone for a response. Ever, seriously, everybody is was so self-important now because of this freaking cell phone. That's the thing. Everybody in this country thinks they are special. Nobody wants to be part of a team. That's the issue. Everybody wants their own needs catered to immediately. And we always yell and scream like, oh, we're living in two different Americas. No, we're not. We are living in 330 million different Americas. Why? Because we all have phones carefully calibrated to make us feel like the center of the universe. We're all running a one-man news network now. Hey, here's a picture of my lunch. Hey, it's my dog's birthday. Hey, this is what I'd do with the debt ceiling. You know, people feel entitled to weigh in on anything. Whether anybody cares or not, Sarah Palin weighed in and said Ron DeSantis shouldn't run for president in 2024. Sarah Palin. Oh, shut up, woman. Ah, nice enough gal. I've done Gutfeld with her. She means well. But Sarah Palin weighing in on the 2024 election is proof that Facebook needs a button called Who Asked You? Correct the mundo. Who asked you? Because nobody cares. That's what everybody's doing now. They run the new, their one-man news network. Hey, this is what I'd do. This is where you're wrong. This is what's going on. Everybody's nuts. And the only thing they're prioritizing in this day and age is inclusion, tolerance. And all of those things are wonderful. We should be included. We're the most integrated society on the planet of Earth. But now we're, like, over-inclusive. We're doing so at the expense of merit. I'm going to get into a story with you in the next hour. Tom Holman's coming by. He's a former acting ICE director. He's a guy that served in uniform for this country about how our number one military college, the oldest one in this country, is now engaged in an open revolt because the guy in charge is now prioritizing woke initiatives over the ability to fight on the battlefield. And I'm telling you, that doesn't end good for any of us.
live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up on this show. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking to former acting ICE director Tom Homan, who is not happy with the Biden administration's handling of our southern border. What the hell is wrong with you? But he's going to flat out snap when we tell him about the new woke inclusion initiatives at our nation's biggest military college. Everything woke turns to Fascinating story we're going to cover in this hour. 888-788-9910. It is a big Wednesday. Not only on the radio, but on the television. I will be hosting. I will be hosting Kennedy tonight uh, at 7 o'clock on the Fox Business Network. You will also see me on with Sean Hannity in the 9 p.m. hour if you're watching a little bit of Fail-A-Vision. But what you're about to see me do is go on a little bit of a crazy hunt. And I got to be honest, we're hunting at one of those luxury lodges today. You know when you join those really expensive hunting lodges and they pack the woods? There's like 5 million deer in a half a mile square radius. You'd shoot them by accident. You couldn't not shoot a deer if you went hunting there. It's like those resorts where you go fishing. Have you ever heard about those where they pack the lakes with, with fish? So many, like, they actually are, like, as the old adage goes, jumping into your boat, it's that easy. Because they want these guys to feel good at hunting, so they keep paying a lot of money to join the fancy club. Well, if we were starting a crazy club right now where we wanted everybody in America to feel better about themselves, we would have no problem stacking the woods with insanity. Earlier in the show, I was playing clips of the Georgia Four person who's in charge of the grand jury in the potential Donald Trump election interference trial. I'll play one more, and then I'll up the crazy ante. But I love this woman so much. God, I'd do anything to get her on the show, but I can promise you they're never, ever, ever going to let her on TV again. Let me give you her two best hits because I just love them so much. Here she is talking about how badly she wanted to swear in Trump. It's clip 28. Did you personally want to hear from the former president? I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. (laughs) What an idiot. (laughs) I kind of thought that would be like an awesome moment. Now, listen, this is the woman in charge, meaning they screened every potential juror. And they were like, I'll tell you who should be in charge. We should put this woman in charge. Okay, whoever is responsible for this, shame on you. Okay, but thank you. Just the same. Here she is complaining that she'd be sad if nothing happened to Trump. This is a woman who's supposed to be leading an impartial jury to reasonably consider the evidence and make a determination that is independent of feeling or sentiment or bias. Tell me if this woman sounds capable of fulfilling that obligation. It's clip 31. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. Like, that's, that's about my only request there is, is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I, I will be frustrated if nothing happens. This was too much too much information, too much of my time, too much of everyone's time, too much of their time, too much argument in, in court about getting people to appear before us, 
there was just too much for this to just be, oh, okay, we're good, bye. What would you do with a brain if you had one? A very reasonable question to ask this woman. Okay, if you're tasked with leading an impartial jury, and then you're on TV before a trial has even begun. <laughs> well, I hope it gets charged because it's just like too much. Like too many people like coming in. Like it was raining one of the days. And, like I did like use an umbrella. And like I don't even like the Rihanna song like umbrella. So like me having to do that, it's like it's too much. Like, I just really hope that, like, something happens because there were, like, people coming in and sometimes we had to call them to, like, come in. Get her out. Get her out of here. This woman is a loony. And the videos are so much better. You have to see the physical antics of this woman. Mugging for the camera and preening and rolling her eyes. And again, I wish her no ill will. My assumption is she has some type of odd debilitating condition and they appointed her to be the foreperson of the jury because they didn't want to look biased. That's my that's my assumption. I don't know that to be true. But I do know it's impossible to watch this video and not feel like you're watching some side of like low rent circus. <laughs> and yes, she is the head clown. Uh, but I talk about circuses. I talk about clowns. I talk about our country not being taken seriously on the world stage anymore. Why? Man, this is crazy. Let me just read it to you. We have a guest producer right now, Frank, because Mikey's on the road hanging out at the furry convention again. <laughs> Trying to meet his dream woman, one open bar at a time. Hey, Chewy, <laughs> what brings you to this cantina? You know, I produce Fox Across America, right? You know, Mikey's trying. He's taking shots left and right out there. God love him. But uh, Frank, our guest producer, with a very fancy write-up today. Let me give you the outline. The oldest U.S. military college has just broken out in chaos because what basically happened is we've got former students. They're launching what they're calling online warfare against the first black superintendent for pushing diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. Now, I want you to understand the lazy interpretation of this as well. Of course, they're protesting the black guy. That's what's going on here. Don't you see it? Come on. It's plain as day. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. But understand, okay, the reason they're upset is because when it comes to the military, there is only one objective, okay? That objective is victory at all costs. Nothing for me like brought home the weight of war. This is superficial, but it, like as a kid, you know, certain things just get you certain ways. You know what I mean? Certain things, get, you know, it's a great, uh, it's a great, great quote in the New York Yankees clubhouse. If you go take a Yankee stadium tour, one of my favorite things in the world. Okay, right before the players come out of the tunnel, there is a quote that's hanging up for all the players to see that says there is absolutely no substitute for victory. There is absolutely no substitute for victory. And you're like, all right, this is just a baseball field. Okay. It's just the Yankees. But you see it's from General Douglas MacArthur. Okay. And he was talking about appeasing Red China at the time. Okay. And what did he say? He said, there is absolutely no substitute for victory. 
Okay, and yes, the Yankees lived by that mentality. If you didn't win the World Series, George Steinbrenner fired half the team, called the popcorn salesman a bunch of dirtbags, probably insulted their parents, slashed one of their tires. The guy went hard. Okay, but the point is, okay, when you hear things like, you know, there's absolutely no substitute for victory, you're talking about war. Okay, but right now, the people running our military are very much prioritizing substitutes substitutes for victory this could be a problem okay and what they're trying to do is they're trying to push back at least these former students are okay against an initiative to award a $100,000 bonus on top of a $650,000 salary okay to a man who is presiding over a 25% drop in freshman enrollment Why are they suffering a 25% drop in freshman enrollment? Because the kids are now being recruited not based on their ability to fight war or serve as an officer or be proficient in the art of killing, inflicting the maximum amount of pain on our enemies, being so powerful that we ensure that the world has peace through strength. Okay, the goal of a military is not to fight wars. Okay, the goal of the military is to be so fierce and potent and powerful that we don't have to fight them because people realize it's not going to end good for them. Bingo. That's the goal of the military. Okay, it's not to go to war left and right. I know there's a lot of people in Washington and the Uniparty that like making big cash. That's why they love Ukraine. We don't actually have to put our troops on the ground yet. We're allowed to send our weapons. We're allowed to send our money. We're allowed to let this war continue endlessly because they'll keep making money. Okay, and we should hope and pray that it doesn't come down to a situation where American boots are on the ground because, one, they shouldn't be there. But, two, we have a military right now that's not looked upon the way it was, say, three or four years ago. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Why? Because we have a gentleman who is now at the Virginia Military Institute, who is its first black superintendent, so far so good, I say have 100 black superintendents, okay? Make them be eminently qualified and make them target, push, and prioritize the same things that made them eminently qualified, meaning this guy's 59. He came up in a version of the military that wasn't worried about hurting people's feelings. You are the lowest form of life on earth. Okay, they didn't care about your hurt feelings because they were there to make sure you understood how to hurt people. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Okay, that was the gig. We're not playing that game anymore. Okay, now we're passing all of these diversity and initiative inclusions. Okay, And understand, that's what this banner is. Reject the woke assault on the Virginia Military Institute and close ranks. This is what one of the new PAC's website states, standing, we stand for a strong VMI with a proud history and a bright future. Okay? They don't want one. Okay? Where before you save Private Ryan, we ask what his proper pronouns are so we don't insult him on the battlefield. No, no, no. The goal was to save him. Okay, could you imagine if we had to storm the beach at Normandy under this modern initiative? Um, you guys, I was looking at the boats, and there's not, like, enough diversity. 
there's going to be a lot of photos of the people coming out of these boats on the beach. And I just want to make sure we have representation like in the photos themselves. So hold on. We're going to send in uh, a coordinator to restaff the boat. Like that's what's going on now. It's all theater. It's all pretend. And it's all wrong. Like I'm telling you this because I care. Okay, this is a country that's been able to ensure relative stability in the world. It's always been fighting. There's always wars. There's always regional stuff. There's always crazy tribal stuff going on out there. There's all kinds of wild wars, you know, and animosities in the Middle East. But the reason we've managed to avoid a third world war for the better part of almost 80 years is because we had such a fierce fighting force that nobody wanted to be bothered with the idea of poking the bear. Okay, and understand, if the bear is poked, there is absolutely no substitute for victory. And when that was uttered by Douglas MacArthur, okay, you need to understand it was at a time when the military was obviously fully integrated, number one, number two, The military was in the same position it is now in terms of warfare in that there's no bias on the battlefield. Okay, nobody in the history of war is ever going to say, cover me, I'm going in, but not you people. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. Listen, I mean, the enemy wants to shoot me. That's fine. I'll be damned if I'm going to be protected by a bunch of those people. That's not how war works. That's not how war has ever worked. So we're sitting here right now pretending there's bias on a battlefield. When the bullets fly, the reason people forge the bonds that they do in combat is because they've shared such a profoundly horrific experience. They've stood by in trenches with adrenaline coursing through their bodies, mindful that they could be encountering such a life-altering, body-altering situation like war that you ultimately bond with these people and they become your family. And it doesn't matter what their color is. doesn't matter what their, you know, their orientation. None of it matters, okay? What matters is that you win the battle, okay? As General MacArthur said, there is absolutely no substitute for victory, okay? But we're living in an America where the people running our military are trying to find one. And I promise you that doesn't end good for us. It's the war movie that's got critics praising its inclusiveness. Introducing Woke Metal Jacket. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. The Pentagon is tired of having nothing but tough men in the Marine Corps. You gotta be me, Joker. So they're relaxing standards to make it easier for other types of soldiers. Sound off like you got a pair. Any military can focus on hurting their enemies, but only the American military can focus on hurt feelings. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Woke Metal Jacket. Good night, ladies. Now playing in Washington and coming soon to a losing war near you. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Tom Holman. He's around the corner, former ICE director. Not thrilled with what Biden's doing with this military right now. He is. Oh, that can't be good. No, because he's going to snap and kick my ass right here on the radio. Last time he was on the show, he threatened to beat me up. 
Tom Holman. I was asking him about Biden. I made a joke, and he's like, I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. So we're going to have some backup. Calling me now, one of my security guards. He's listening on WVMT up in Vermont. Dennis is in the house. Yo, Dennis. Jimmy, uh, it can't be overlooked that our adversaries, the time that they're picking for muscle flexing, coincides with uh, two years of us telling our military that they are nothing but, um, you know, the legacy of 240 years of of uh, racism and slavery and white privilege. <laughs> Do you remember um, that after January 6th, they made the military stand down so Lloyd Austin could inspect our military for elements of white supremacy? Do you remember that? I do remember that. And, you know, it, it's uh, as, a, as an ex-bully myself, um, <laughs> every bully knows that the best time to hit your adversary is not when he's facing you with two fists uh, raised, but to hit him when he's painting his toenails. <laughs> and uh, we've been painting our toenails for two years. Well, I did not know that you had a bunch of bullies who got pedicures. This is interesting. Uh, but I get where you're going with the analogy, as always. Jim, Jimmy, real quickly, uh, has, has anybody uh, asked for the unvaxxed members of the Ukrainian military to resign? Because I'd hate to think we're transferring advanced weaponry to a bunch of science deniers. <laughs> Stop the spread, okay? No, listen, I agree. Uh, I think we need to prioritize this as well. They better be wearing masks on that battlefield. If I don't see masked people when the bullets are flying, knowing that there's COVID out there, it's, it's crazy. Dennis, thank you for speaking truth to power as always. We'll do it again soon. And it really is. It's the stupidest time there's ever been to be alive right now. Like, really, you want to punch somebody. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Well, the point is I'm not advocating violence. I'm saying you should punch anybody. Hold it together. We're the cool, reasonable side. That's the whole hook here is that we're the ones that are force multipliers of positive energy, which actually leads to better decision making. And we need that better decision making out of all of us right now. Why? Because we have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. In fact, not only are we excited, we're honored to have this next guest on the show because it means he took time out from listening to Waylon Jennings and drinking beer to join us. And he doesn't do that for just anybody. Uh, former acting ice director Tom Homan on the show. Hey, man. Waylon Jennings and Merle Haggard. What the hell were you just playing? <laughs> it's always a tough crowd with Homan. That was actually bang your head. Uh, we were playing some Quiet Riot for you is what we were doing right there. Like a, like you're a pro wrestler. I mean, Homan, you can take anybody who comes on the show. Shouldn't you have a more aggressive intro? Uh, you know, smoking meat and listening to Merle Haggard or Waylon Jennings or Johnny Cash, that's, 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 who, that's who Homan is. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. If you were a pro wrestler, that's actually a funnier entrance. Guy walks in with his barbecue smoker. You know, plenty of people hit you with a steel chair. The idea that you might hit somebody with a cast iron smoker is probably more menacing. <laughs> 
Well, let's, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll look for a new career after I get done uh, beating up this, this administration. <laughs> well, certainly you're doing a good job of that. Uh, it's really fascinating stuff what's going on. Me and you have been talking about the border, it seems like, for two years nonstop. There's not a lot of people talking about it, us with it. Did you see Mayorkas this week say that, you know, he couldn't really give you a definition of what a secure border was? Well, it's it's in the statute. I mean, he's the Secretary of Homeland Security. He can just read it. It's in the law, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 Congressman Chip Roy and several other congressmen have read it to him during hearings. Actually, read it to him. Chip Roy actually put it on a big placard that anybody could read and ask him to read it. And he says, "Is the border security?" He said, "Yes." So you you would think he would know what a secure border is, but he. I, maybe, let me rephrase that. He should know the definition of a secure border is, but he obviously doesn't know what a secure border is because he's far from that. I mean, good goodness. I mean, and it's so funny because he's tried to say in the past that it was secure, but there are so many numbers that would contradict this. Um, this is a question I wanted to ask you. My brother had told me this when he worked just in narcotics on a local level in the NYPD. You know, we're starting to see this administration prioritize fentanyl seizures. Um, but is, is it kind of like partly true that any time you hear this government bragging about some type of big bust in one port, it's because the cartels have found another way to get it in? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I'm so sick and tired of the White House and Democrats saying they need to you know, increase technology at a port of entry because that's where the problem is. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's, let's set one thing straight. More fentanyl does not come to a port of entry. Mm-hmm. More fentanyl is seized at a port of entry. Let me tell you why. Because every car that comes across the port of entry stopped. The driver is usually questioned. Based on the response to the question, they may, they, they may choose to second Germans or to vehicle. Also, CBP has what they call the, tar- the CBP targeting system, which I can't tell you what's in it because it's law enforcement sensitive, but a bunch of information goes in this system. And when you put license plate number, when you go up to the port of entry, they put license plate number as you approach the booth, and they make it a hit based on the targeting criteria that say, hey, you may want a secondary car. So they have a lot of tools, and, and they seize a lot of drugs because they – Every vehicle stopped. But let's be clear. The cartels are going to use the, the route of least resistance, which is between the ports of entry. Border Patrol has got a record number of seizures between port of entry. But here's the problem. We got 1.2 million gotaways, right, mm-hmm. because of this humanitarian immigration crisis that's caused 70 to 80 percent of agents being pulled off patrol, put in facilities to process people. The cartels know this. They're the ones that send 200 people to one area knowing that 30 or 20 percent of the border patrol that's left on patrol will have to go seize that opportunity and deal with that humanitarian crisis and that's what should push push the fentanyl through it's not it's not a, it's not a, a just a coincidence that in a two years of historical immigration that has over, overwhelmed the border patrol where 70 80 percent are pulled off the line that you have historic overdose deaths the, the the between the ports of entry and maritime on the waters the more fentanyl is coming through those two areas than through port of entry. So there's a difference where it's seized and where it gets by. That's such a great point. We're talking to Tom Holman, former acting ICE director. And it's my understanding now that we're having such an issue with operational control at the southern border, but they're being asked to redeploy to the northern border because they're exploiting that now, too. Well, absolutely. The cartels, they're going to flex whatever way they need to flex. 
But the northern border has always been vulnerable, right? I grew up on the northern border. I grew up in upstate New York on the Canadian border. That's why I even decided to be a patrol agent, because I, I grew up around them. And the northern border has always been vulnerable. I mean, there are still places, Jimmy, where you come across the lake, and you come to, it's not a port of entry, but it's a, it's a phone booth. You pick the phone up and you self-report that you're coming into the country. That still exists, believe it or not, in some areas. So, in, and here's where the problem the northern border. The cartels keep track of this stuff. They know that half the border patrol on the northern border has been detailed to the southern border to deal with this crisis. The other half that are left on the northern border, I know this, I've talked to them. They're, on, they're sitting at their desk processing illegal aliens in Texas virtually on the computer. So when it comes to Lake, Lake Patrol and Wheeler Patrol and Road Patrol, there's virtually none on the northern border. The cartels recognize this, so now they're going to start pushing people to the northern border. They're already up over 800%. Now, the numbers are, are tiny compared to southern border, but again— if, if you're somebody that has money, if you're somebody from a Middle Eastern country, someone from a special interest country that is funded well, you have no problem flying into Canada and crossing the poorest border up there. I grew up there. I know there's hundreds of miles of border where there isn't a border patrol agent within sight. Well, do you think maybe part of the problem is people are being attracted to that border by the smell of barbecue coming from your yard? <laughs> I tell you well, the real reason they're going to Canada is because Canada's got really weak visa laws. Yeah. And just about anybody can get to Canada. They, they don't have the requirements we have to get in our country. So a lot of people find it pretty easy to get into Canada and sneak across the United States. But, you know, I, I won't dismiss the barbecue. So barbecue is a big magnet for uh, people <laughs> coming to my house. <laughs> Let me ask you this really quick because we talk about it so much. What are you smoking? You're smoking brisket? You're smoking ribs? You're doing all of it? I smoke any kind of dead animal meat I can get. I mean, it's mostly uh, it's mostly uh, brisket, ribs, okay, uh, chicken. Uh, right. I even I even smoke salmon. I, I don't eat it. I know. Uh, my wife eats it. Okay. But I even sm- I smoke mac and cheese. You can smoke anything <laughs> as long as, as long as you got some country music in the background. You got a, you know a cold six packs of Pat's Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Life is good. <laughs> well, well, I'm in New York. They're smoking everything but meat where I'm at. <laughs> but you know, there's nothing, there's nothing finer than smoking a big old thick brisket for nine or ten hours. It's, it's, you know, I got a 200 pound mastiff, Italian mastiff. The poor thing's gonna die of smoke inhalation because he sits by the smoker all day because he knows <laughs> he every does. time I open it, I'll give him a slice of something. You know, I, dog I, is, I have an early death. I think. <laughs> but he'll die happy, Homan. Listen, but by the time this is all over, okay, we may not have a secure border, but you're going to have a cooking show. It's going to be called Cooking at the Border with Tom Holman. I'm going to work this out. I'm your agent now, okay? Now, when this is over, when this administration is done destroying our southern border, the most secure border we've ever had, Trump comes back, I come back, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it within 30 days, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to coming back and, and, and securing this country again. Then I can retire in happiness. All right, so 2028. I'm going to pitch this cooking show for 2028, just so you know. So you go, Let's do it. go save the Let's country. I'll save some paper plates. I'll see you around the 28th, my man. Be well. You got it. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. My man, the great Tom Holman. It's always smoking meat, but the thing about Tom Holman I love, besides the fact that, you know, obviously I get paid in barbecue, is the guy cares about the country. The people who go work border jobs realize how primal and necessary they are. And that's the part, the fraud of the Democratic administration, is their indifference to the border, you have to understand, comes with a human cost. Okay, when you read that 30% of the women who cross our border illegally are sexually assaulted, 
And then you just understand, just basic math. We've had that we know of 3 million women cross this border illegally since Joe Biden got into office. 33, 30% of that, of that 3 million, okay, puts you at about what? 900,000 women have been sexually assaulted, sexually assaulted under this administration. Biden sucks. And all the people talking about protecting women, they ain't saying a word. Okay, everybody who talks to you about, you know, your health and COVID, but they've let five, six million people walk into this country unvaccinated, no mask mandates for them. You know, all of the things they say, we're the party of your children. They shut your kid's school down and care, force the vaccine mandate on your kid, but not the kid crossing the border. And I don't want you to hate these people crossing the border. They're taking advantage of an opportunity. You know, they're fleeing real oppression. They're not fleeing the pretend oppression you have in America where people have decided in the year 2023 that we're living in like 1623, where it's harder on women and minorities and everything in between. America right now is so overwhelmingly tolerant that people are now faking minority status in order to get ahead. Did you see that inclusion czar who was outed by her own mother yesterday for lying and pretending she was of three different Middle Eastern ethnicities, none of which turned out to be true? Why? Because she was a white woman. Just like Rachel Dolezal before her. Who could ever forget the senator from Massachusetts? You know, and I have some empathy for her. Growing up as a kid, we loved to play a game called Cowboys and Elizabeth Warrens. But the point is, Elizabeth Warren, like so many other liberals, is faking minority status because you have a better chance of getting ahead now as a minority than you do as a white person. But they want you to believe we're somehow racist. The deck is somehow stacked. It's a joke. And all the people who purport to care, okay, are turning a blind eye towards so much human suffering when it comes to the southern border. But you see, when it comes to the border, they really do care about the political value of the border. So much so that they abandon their own principles. Okay, again, remember this. They voted for a border wall under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. They voted for one under George W. Bush just the same. But when Trump came down the escalator and was like, build a wall, they were like, oh, hell no. Ain't got no time for no wall. Come on, man. That's racist. I'm like, what do you mean? That was your policy 15 minutes ago. But that's what they do. They'll abandon all principle. They'll characterize it as racism. But when you're talking about really being cavalier with the well-being of minorities— The people doing it are the ones that want to defund the cops and leave the border wide open. Because when you leave the border open, you're incentivizing people to take a perilous journey where 30 percent of the women who take it get sexually assaulted. Where kids are smuggled by cartels and drug traffickers and you have drug mules and you have bounties and all kinds of other horrific, you know, human rights violations. And why are they happening? Because there's a humanitarian crisis under this administration at our southern border that was completely avoidable if we just left the policies we had in place. That's why we're in the position that we're in. Okay, that's not a political statement. That's not like some Fox News guy trying to get you worked up about Democrats. 
Okay, my job is not to get you mad at the Democrats. My job is to tell you the truth. And the people that are in charge right now, okay, want you to believe that they care about minorities and women and your safety and well-being, but their actions tell a completely different story. You're absolutely right. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's a breaking news development. Pete Booty Judge announcing that he will visit East Palestine, Ohio tomorrow. This guy's a serious ass. Why do we say that? Because Donald Trump, Donald Trump is showing up to East Palestine today. East Palestine. Meaning this is a complete, this is not action by your transportation secretary. This is reaction. He knows what he's talking about. Well, we look bad if we don't go now. Trump's going. It took Donald Trump going to East Palestine to get Pete Booty Judge to show up too. 40 days after the spill. You gotta do better than that. We're now being told that Biden has also called them via FaceTime from his trip in Poland, from his trip home from Warsaw, where, oh, by the way, he fell boarding Air Force One. Apparently, Biden can't go to East Palestine until the town agrees to remove all of its staircases. But understand, Trump's action has provoked a reaction. But what does that tell you about this administration? They are not leading the room. They're reading the room. Oh, we're going to catch hell for this on Twitter. We better do something. Yo, that's not leadership. That's clown stuff. This is total crap. It really is. A a two-year-old Lincoln Vale has said it best. And Pete Buttigieg will show up tomorrow and be like, I feel your pain. (laughs) I wanted to get here once I knew. I mean. Stop lying to us. That's all they do is lie. And that's why I'm telling you, I don't know that Trump's going to be the next president. Okay. In all honesty, I don't think he's going to be. But I didn't think he was going to win in 2016 either. Nobody did. But the reason he was possible in 2016 is the reason he's possible in 2024. The people running the country make a better case for his presidency than he ever could. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. I have a great eye when it comes to this stuff. Why? Because I actually, like, pay attention to people. Like, when we do these meet and greets when I'm on the road, we don't like, hey, take your picture, get the hell away from me. We we hang out, we talk. I understand people. Okay, I spent a lot of time driving a cab, and I have a genuine intellectual curiosity when it comes to meeting strangers. And most importantly, I care about your well-being. Okay, these folks in Washington so brazenly don't care about you that they can't even bring themselves to pretend unless they absolutely, positively have to. Okay, they weren't going to East Palestine, Ohio. Okay, it took him two weeks to tweet about it. Here is Booty Judge admitting to CBS yesterday he should have spoke out sooner. It's clip two. 
Well, to be clear, our department was on the ground within hours, uh, helping with the response and the investigation. Again, I respect the separate role of NTSB, but we have been on the ground literally from day one uh, to make sure that uh, that we're doing our part to support. Uh, I do think that it's important to speak out about that, and I could have spoken out sooner, and I'm uh, making sure that we are focused on the actions that are going to make a difference. I mean, understand, when he says we were on the ground from day one, what he means is they were on the ground. Correct, mundo. He wasn't on the ground. He wasn't even on his phone tweeting. So why is he talking about it now? Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Totally desperate. Politically desperate. Pete Buttigieg really, really, really wants to be the VP in 2024 if they get Kamala off the ticket. He's hoping his woke credentials as the first gay VP would supplant her woke credentials as the first woman of color. But there's also this reality seeping in that Biden's not going to run at all in 2024, at which point this becomes a huge liability for Pete Booty Judge. OK, because it's very hard to fail upward into the presidency two election cycles in a row. Biden did it and everything in this country has gone to hell. It's going to be really hard to pull it off a second time for Pete Booty Judge. So he's trying to show up now. And act like he was on the case all along. And that's the move. Come on. Don't bullshit me. He won't do it to you and me, but he'll do it to the people in East Palestine tomorrow. And I don't doubt after hearing from Trump, they're going to tell Pete Booty Judge. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. That's what I'd say. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.